You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are excited to be here today with DJ producer, multi-record label owner Sam Deliart, better known as Farago. In this episode, we get to know how his friends view him, who he was as a teenager, his musical journey, and speak about his wedding with wife Amelie, how they chose their wedding DJ. We also talk about another side of his life, the stroke he had three years ago, and the album he produced after that is now released, named Blessed. I am super proud to present this episode to you. Let's get it. I am Amanda and this is Playful Podcast. If you would like describe yourself with three words, what would they be? Uh, I've never had to describe myself like that. So maybe I can use some words that have been used to describe me. Mm. Um, a good friend of mine called me a modest person. Uh, another person that I live with has called me a loving person. And finally, maybe I'll figure one out myself as well. I think I'm very curious in a way. I think, yeah, the curiosity is one of the nicest things to have, I feel. I feel that within myself at least, that it's something I'm so thankful Yeah, it creates passion in a way. It creates passion, mm-hmm. definitely, and it uh, makes you evolve always. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You you never stick to the same for too long. No, exactly. But uh, were you the same person you feel when you were a teenager, or? <laughs> <laughs> I've had some interesting phases as a mm. teenager. I would say um, I went from being the popular kid to like becoming more self-aware and becoming the quiet kid, and then as I got older. I started learning how to behave a bit better and starting to learn myself a bit better. And then I became much more outgoing again. And now I'm back to being an introvert. <laughs> if I can, if I can choose how to behave, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Why do you think 
that is? Is it because you are so social in your work life? Yeah, you have to be. Mm. You're basically forced out of your cage, you know. Um, like, I don't need to have people around me all the time. I'm totally fine being on my own for a little while. Of course, it's nicer to be around people that you care about. Mm. But there's really no big groups of people that I care about everyone, you know. So I'm more of a closed group kind of guy. I don't need 20 best friends to go on holidays with. This seems very exhausting to me. And in a way, I, I, I do want to experience it maybe. But like I said, it's it's so much work to have one best friend, in my opinion. I don't really know how people handle more than one or two or a handful. Yeah, I... Especially if there are a lot of people who expect you to be involved in their lives. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't actually know. Yeah, there's certain degrees, of course, to friendships. Like I, I've always had one or two like really close friends. And then now I have a wife. So this is one of the two I, I do count also as a good and high quality relationship and friendship. And I do have one or two more people on the side like this. But, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day and there's just, I cannot give everyone what they want no. like this. Yeah. And four of them or six of them you spend in an airport. <laughs> yes, I do. I was just talking to uh, my management and I was saying that in a way it's actually more convenient. Like in a radius of, let's say, six hour drives, you're better off just driving everywhere because being two hours early in the airport flying one or two hours and then usually 30 minutes to one hour to reach the hotel you're already at five six hours and of course much better for the environment mm. um anyway yeah this was just a, a a calculation i was making in the car just now so yeah there's yeah. a lot of time being spent away from home yeah exactly but if we um like stay a bit in your teenage years mm -hmm. what did your uh, musical journey look like from back then till today would you say um well i was into skating so this subculture came with a lot of hip-hop and uh, like punk rock stuff like this and i only discovered techno at like age 15 i would say i had uh there was another kid in my street who was also a skater and he gave me a dave clark cd which i played on repeat all the time and then another kid also a skater he was into Daft Punk and that's when I really started getting into like house and electro I, I didn't get into techno like straight away I would say I went through house and electro first but techno was always a bit on the side um, and then now it just all blends you know house techno whatever it's it's all electronic music it's just the BPMs that are a bit different yeah but when, how come you decided to produce yourself? Like, did you always feel that you have a good ear for music and the rhythm? And no, not at all. No, <laughs> I sucked ass at the beginning. <laughs> um, I was a DJ, and I really, I really felt like if I want to play a certain kind of track, first of all, I have to find it, and it has to exist. And then I started making edits of of tracks that I was already playing, and that's how I learned how to work with the software. And eventually I just yeah, started making, well, I was started going further away from the original sounds that I was editing. And then at some point I just took out the samples that I used and it was an original track. Oh, were you proud of it? 
Well, the first things I made were horrible, I would say. Um, Did I, you think so even back then? No, it was. It for okay. sure was. Like I, the first track I ever made, I remember I, I tested it out and I was like, oh shit, there's no bass line. <laughs> it was just like only high frequencies, very clicky. I didn't know back then there was no YouTube guides or you, you could learn from books, but there was no books in my lab- library. I was from a small village. So I could only learn by doing it or somebody telling me and there was nobody around me to tell me. Ah, your friends didn't uh, create I was me. I was the first one to start. Mm. So I went through all the hoops and, and all the, the pitfalls of trying to learn how to do it. And then I did help some other guys who followed behind me. But it must have taken two years before I could play a track, you know, something that was worth playing. And then it ended up without the baseline, so it was still not there, you know. Um, the very first uh, project I opened, I tried to make house, and it ended up as drum and bass because I just put kicks on every slot, like it was like a percussion drum loop of sixteen bars with only kick drums, and yeah, it wasn't house at all. <laughs> okay, it's, it makes so much sense now that house is like kick hi hat. Kick and clap, and and repeat. You know, it's so it sounds so normal in your head now. But as a kid, you don't really listen to music this way. Like I didn't hear the layers as I do them now. You know, so I had honestly no idea how to make music, and somehow I ended up making some decent tracks twenty years later, almost. <laughs> well, when you were back then, what 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 did you dream of working with? Uh, what do you mean, like career-wise? Or? Yeah, or did you have any dreams? Yeah, actually I was looking up like crazy to uh, resident DJs in my neighborhoods, like the guys who played every Friday or Saturday night at the club, and they always had like 50% the same track lists every week, and we were waiting for those tracks, you know, um, and this is actually what I wanted to do. I never imagined getting on planes to go DJing, uh, to be honest. It, this is also something that's more of this time. Of course, there were always really big names that would travel all over the world. But like in the 90s, early 2000s, most DJs, they were just local DJs, but big local DJs, you know. They could play three times, four times a week in just a radius of 100 kilometers around their town. And this was actually what I thought would be my life as a DJ. But it turned out very differently. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but was there a moment where you felt like that you decided that like I'm I'm gonna focus on it and only this, or did you always think that? Actually, when I was like twenty two, twenty three, uh, I finished school and I was still DJing, and I really wanted to, you know, go to the next level with my productions and become like a DJ slash producer, not just a DJ. But it was really hard back then to get your music to the right people. Um, Now with social media, it's so easy to connect to people um, like these bedroom bedroom producers that you've never heard of. All the biggest names are playing their music because it's so easy to get into the mailbox of the DJs now. But back then there was just no other way except to go to the gigs and try to talk to them after. But it's very hard to to get their attention, first of all, and to convince them to listen to the music, uh, I feel like. So I never really succeeded at this part in my career. 
uh, at this at my young age, I mean. And um, I actually gave up after a few years of trying this. Uh, I guess uh, I was very anxious about the insecurity of nightlife and, and music industry. And in a way, I was raised a bit conservatively that you need a steady income uh, first and then you can focus on like side jobs, you know. So I, I took a different job, a full-time job. Another one, like a, like a main job that you try to grow in, you know, with a career path. Can I ask what it was? Oh, it was always like odd jobs, like retail or uh, like restaurants or sales jobs or whatever. Mm. Like a lot of shitty jobs. I did them all. <laughs> uh, I sold, Same. <laughs> I sold um, insurance. I sold energy. I sold fucking everything that that possibly can imagine. Were you working as a waiter or in the bar also in the restaurant? Again, I did everything. You I did started everything. doing dishes. I did uh, the bar. I did the uh, waiting, you know, mm. waiting tables. Uh, I did appointments, everything. It's just you, you go through the whole, all the stages. Yeah, uh, that's also a very social job. Was this in your social phase? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, in a way... I, you don't have to be social, I would say, to wait tables. You probably get more tips the more social you are and easygoing. But I was just, I, I was a hard worker in everything that I did. So mm. I did always good job, I would imagine. Um, or I like to think I did at least. Mm. And my bosses were always happy with me, which was a problem because um, they would offer me promotions in jobs that I didn't like working. And then it was tempting to 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 take the promotion, you know, because in a way, if you have a shitty job and you can get more pay for it, then you want to do this. But it usually comes with more responsibilities, more hours, less studio time in a way, because the more your brain is tired from, from work, yeah, the less time you can spend in your free time doing what you want. So the struggle was real for me. Like it's, it was, uh, that's why I gave up. And I just started focusing on work alone. And actually, it wasn't until my now wife um, also got interested in, in music. And well, she was always interested in music, but she wanted to start DJing. And that's when I picked it back up because it seemed more fun to do it together. And I didn't want to disconnect from this world entirely as she is starting to grow in it, you know, and start to live apart, I would say. How How sweet that you can like inspire and grow together in this sense that's really really nice yeah yeah it's one of the best things i would say it's it's it brings your relationship to the next level if you can share a passion like that uh, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be music you know other couples are doing together stuff like architecture or sports or whatever yeah sports even sports is super easy to connect with other people i would say mm. and it's a lifestyle, you know? Yeah, but it definitely makes it easier for the relationship that you can travel together and like spend time in the airport yes. together. <laughs> I mean, um, for sure, even now that like at the beginning we were doing a lot of shows together, um, I was doing like, uh, I was doing the early set time or the set time after her. So we were always together. And then uh, like one or two years before COVID, I decided to focus on my own career and do my own gigs. But even so, we see each other much more than other couples because we're together during the week. Mm. You know, we don't have to go to our jobs and not see each other for eight hours a day. 
So even if we don't see each other from Friday to Monday, it's still okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, yeah, you were speaking a bit about the pandemic. What would also happen? Yeah, that's like three years ago or something. I st- yeah, somehow it's three years ago already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you got a stroke. Yes, I did. And how did you notice that? What happened? I didn't notice. I just passed out, basically. And I was super lucky to be around Amelie and another friend who reacted accordingly. Like, they immediately recognized my symptoms. Uh, Amelie did, like, an online course of first... Well, not first aid, but, like, very common diseases and, and, like, things that can happen to you and how to react to them. So she immediately called uh, the ambulance and they, well, they revived me. I I, I remember walking to the ambulance uh, somehow. Mm. Um, But then again, uh, I had like two or three strokes in in 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So after that, I woke up in the the hospital, in the emergency room. So I, I never really realized it until somebody told me. Yeah, what did you think when they told you? I was in shock. Yeah. I, I just started crying, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh. Uh, and it didn't look very positive. Like they were saying you had severe brain yeah, damage. Yeah, it took the longest time for them to really discover what happened and, and why. Um, and they, they couldn't really say um, how much damage I had. So it was during COVID, so Amelie was not allowed in the hospital, neither was any, anyone from my family, because this was before we were married. Um, they didn't allow anyone, and the communication was just shitty. Like, she would call them every hour, any update, any update, and they, they never had one, you know? And, and if they did say something, they said stuff they shouldn't have. They said stuff like, yes, but madam, you should prepare for a different life. You know, it's possible that he's going to need full-time care always, stuff like this, which is ridiculous to say about a young man who's healthy, you know. Um, And also to say on the phone, it's... Exactly, like, Like, it's so horrible. She was... People feel sorry for me, I feel sorry for her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The stuff she went through alone... It's, it's, yeah, unimaginable. Yeah. Because also, she was also alone at home, you know, this was during lockdown. Mm. There was nobody to comfort her. Um, at, oh, at, and not being able to speak to you and not feeling, yeah, you know, yeah, the Yeah, yeah, it was like I, I was in a state of like not really grabbing my phone, you know. I was always med, uh, like sedated or, or asleep. So I think she didn't hear from hear from me for like four or five days after it happened, or mm. at least two that I was like not awake, you know. And then I remember talking to her the first time, and and she told me that certain amount of days had passed, and for me it looked like I just left the house, you know. Yeah. It's so crazy the feeling. It's so crazy. And when did uh, the doctors tell you that? It was not looking good, or in what way did they? They say never it? did say this to me directly. They just said what happened, just only facts, you know, no assumptions. Um, I guess with patients, they have a different way of handling it because obviously your mental state is very important for recovery. 
I was always super positive and I, I was sure to go for a full recovery. I made sure of that by just working hard and, you know, um, I was doing physio every day, like two, three times a day. Um, I was paying more attention, even more so to what I eat and, and like my general um, health. And I, I never had the idea that I would be um, in a bad state, you know. Mm. I Even before they told Amelie, I already felt like, okay, I'm going to be fine. Because when I called her um, in the first week or so, I, I told her, oh, I feel so good. I've, I've already got out of bed. I was moving because my, my whole left side was paralyzed. I couldn't walk, you know. I couldn't get out of bed. And, and she didn't believe me. I remember, sorry, I don't mind talking about it, but we should switch the subject yeah, after let's this. let's do it. And, and let me know if you want to do it already or... She and didn't believe me because um, the doctors, of course, didn't tell her much. Mm. And I remember the first time we were together with my family, that everybody was, you know, super emotional. Um, because of yeah because of my full recovery and they were telling me that when i was on the phone with them they just honestly didn't believe me they thought i was like dreaming or on drugs you know like on on medication and i just it hurt so much that they were in pain for like one or two weeks without knowing anything and i just i couldn't help them you know i, I whatever i said they just didn't really believe it it's, uh... Yeah, I'm so impressed by you both. Like really, really, it's really. It, thank you so much for speaking about it. Oh, I think God. that it's also such a nice thing for people to hear. You know that you can you can go through these traumatic experience and still like create or like continue and fight and you know yeah create is an interesting word because honestly i i had no idea if i would ever be able to go back to what i was doing this is one of the things they did tell me um quite soon after i woke up you know they they started saying things like we don't know if you're gonna be able to go back to you know a, a touring life and making music because the brain damage was severe and they don't know exactly which parts of the brain because not everything is of course connected to the same things like some parts here are connected to your cognitive um, abilities other parts are like movement and stuff like this um, i remember doing a lot of training for my hands to be able to actually use my fingers the way they should um, this, so this was a part that was damaged but until now i would say the only thing in daily life, I, I do feel like, okay, this is something that's changed, is my um, my ability to speak different languages. Like, mm -hmm. I was fluent in English, I spoke very well French, some Spanish, mm. um, and I did notice that I wasn't so quick in my vocabulary and building sentences, and even when I'm talking and I know what I want to say, mm -hmm. sometimes it just didn't come. It's very strange, because... It comes so natural, you know? Yeah. If you speak a language, you know that you can speak. 
Yeah, you needed to connect the dots again. Yeah, yeah. it's it's literally connecting dots. Mm. It's a good uh, description because it's your brain makes bridges to things that it can do, but those bridges were gone, like burned, basically, or blown up. Yeah, and they can find a way back to the same dot. It just takes time and practice, and yeah yeah wow so the first i would say 10 15 conversations i had in in different languages were very awkward (laughs) so whoever it was please know it was not me it was just my recovery my brain (laughs) maybe they thought you were drunk as fuck yeah that or i'm also just an awkward fuck so (laughs) yeah true but then what did uh, music mean to you um music I mean, not just then, but through my whole life has been a very like soothing mechanism, like sort of escapism, I would say. Um, For instance, I love listening to music, uh, like whichever genre, with lyrics that I can't understand. It makes me very calm and relaxed. Wow. Can you... Any... uh specific language that you like the melody of um well i'm a big anime nerd so i love japanese oh yeah and i just like the sound of it and and the way they talk you know it's very very relaxed and very calm and Mm. and they have like the 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 pitch of how they talk is very soothing to me it's like asmr almost yeah so i like to listen to like disco music from japan in like from the 80s or something and um i don't understand the words they are saying well i do actually because i know some some words but of course i don't know what it's about i understand certain phrases that's it and Mm. it just yeah it relaxes my mind yeah so music for me is a tool to yeah to take a breather and to to relax in high contrast to the music that we are listening to in the club, of course, it's totally different. <laughs> exactly. It's so different. Do you also listen to classical music? Um, I want to sound this interesting and say that I do, but not not really. Like, very occasionally. I have a big playlist for with music for, like, at home when I'm cooking. And there are some classical parts in there, for sure. But it's not something that I do as a as a hobby, you know, just sit down and listen to classical music now. No. We have now come to the part of the podcast where if you are or want to become a Patreon and support the work that we do, as well as get more juicy material, go to patreon.com slash playful magazine. And in this extra material, Farago gives incredible advice and pro tips to how you as a DJ can find music that fits you. Besides that, we also speak about his pro tips on how to evolve his process when creating a new track from start to finish and much more. Go to patreon.com slash playful magazine. Since all this happened, you are now, last summer you got married. Yes. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Um, was that something that you decided to do after all this happened? That No, actually, because we were uh, engaged for an eternity, for like seven years. Ah. Yeah. It's, uh, I got engaged to Amelie 
I think 2015 or 16. And then we were supposed to get married um, in 2020, which was the first year of COVID. And of course it didn't happen because of this reason. And then we postponed it to as soon as possible, which was 2022. Yeah, because you had a big wedding, like a lot of friends and family. I would say it wasn't a big, fam, uh, a big wedding. Uh, it was like 50 people or so. Oh, 50. 50, maybe 60. Mm. But uh, it was abroad. It was in Italy. And it felt like a big wedding because, because of the venue, I would say. It was like a very... Like the venue was really like it took you like it's very emotional to to be there. It's yeah. like was on a hill with a crazy view with a castle in the middle. Yeah, I saw the photos. It looked oh. incredible. <laughs> it was and like yeah, the people whole still sky. talk about it every day. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah? yeah. Did you have uh, friends performing there then, or what was the um, vibe like? So, of course, everybody was wondering who was DJing at the <laughs> wedding of uh, Amelie and, uh, and Sam. It was actually some guy that was uh, proposed to us by our Italian agents because we wanted a local DJ. Yeah. And uh, the guy's actually playing Ibiza this year for our party. No, that's yeah. so fun. Yeah. On your like kind of wedding day or... No. <laughs> no? <laughs> that would have been cute. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, but in the summer. Oh, wow. So, uh, but, so they proposed this person and then you listened to what they did. Yeah, we listened to like 15 bands or 20 bands first and we're like, That's not us, you know, we we just hired a pianist for the ceremony and then a DJ for uh, as soon as he could start playing. Yeah. Okay. was a house DJ. He played crazy tunes. I remember asking him to make me a playlist or like, a, you know, a track listing of, mm. of a lot of the tracks he played. And I put it all in Spotify playlist because I, I, I mean, I haven't played house music for 20 years. And of course, I know some of the classics, but I started uh, following like the new music coming out for many years ago. Mm. Oh, so that's your kind of list then, I guess. My what? Or, that, like you and Amelie's kind of list then? Like it takes you back to the wedding? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we have cool videos and we have the Spotify playlist and it takes you back for sure. Yeah, there's there's always, like in my, in my entire life, I, I always connect memories to music from this era somehow. Mm. And this, this, these tracks are for sure gonna go into remembrance of, of the wedding, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. 
you let me know if you want to speak about what I'm going to ask now or not and with none. But I just so curious to hear about also when you opened up Ableton for the first time. Yeah, we can. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I... It's connected to the album also. That's why the first track I made when I did that is, is on the album. Maybe that's why I got it wrong. Because mm. I read ah, that and I, yeah, 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 that's, and I thought, go. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, uh, in my view, in my head, I have this like kind of romantic picture of you just opening up the computer one time and being like, today is the day. Now I'm gonna just try out. Um, this day um, happened a dozen times. I, I, there was many times I tried to, you know, get myself back up there and and try to start working, mm. but most of them ended in frustration and just like closing it again because I couldn't find the the energy or the courage. Um, of course, there was a stroke, but it also didn't help that we hadn't been touring for months, which is a great inspiration for me. Like I need uh, the feedback from the people to the music that I play to to get new ideas, you know. Um, so it was always a, big, a bit of a disappointment until one day, which I did actually open it up and started working on a track. And I, I I didn't have any expectation. I remember I was just chilling on the on the sofa. I wasn't even in the studio. There was no sound system. I was just producing on the laptop speakers, you know, and. And I remember putting a lot of like samples into the track because I was just too tired to to make a lot of sounds myself back then. And actually very quickly, like within 30 minutes, I had something that really sounded cool. And I was thinking, okay, I'm happy with what I achieved today, you know? Maybe I, I close it and I should be happy with what I have. Mm. But then I just... I took a break for like 10 minutes, I drank something um, and I continued and I actually finished the track the same day. Wow. And this track is on the album. Uh, it's yeah. Ducky Tribal Mission and somehow it's the track that all the DJs have been playing. So it's it's quite... It's incredible. Quite interesting, yeah. Yeah. I think the whole album, listening from it from start to finish, it's just uh, amazing. I Thank really, you. really appreciate it. And the whole album is called Blessed. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like a tribute to what happened, I would say. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I never did take things for granted, but after my accident, I realized that, you know, my life and everything that I have, I'm super blessed. And I was also blessed to, to bring out this album because it might not have happened ever, you know. It's my first album and I was always my goal as a young as a young boy when I started getting into music to release one mm. so everything about it is just when when do you feel like playing it or what does it you know on gigs is there something special when you play the tracks of the album yeah so I think there's a bit of everything for each situation in the album um, there's like one big, big, big room, um, like banger, uh, which is Naked Light, in my opinion. It's still melodic, um, but in a way, like the kicks and bass are very big roomy. So I do play this one a lot on like festivals or big stages. Um, 
but then most of the album is more for the club i would say like today i'm playing berlin exhale berlin and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna play half of the album if not more because it's just so fitting for for the the venue that's coming later but not every track is is made for every stage i would say um yeah there's some tracks that i've played both club and festival but they just they're more for the club i'm more of a club dj myself i would say i did evolve my sound a bit more for the big stages because that's the gigs i'm getting booked you know like 10,000 people is not uncommon anymore uh, for me but i much prefer to play actually for thousand people or, or less in like a small dark sweaty club and most of the tracks from the album would be totally fitting for this kind of uh, setting yeah completely yeah what you just mentioned that 10,000 people gig isn't uncommon that also takes you to like the whole um techno scene that how 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 much people right now speak about techno like mm. you hear the word techno is just like everywhere all the time and it's growing a lot do you have any fears for that it's grown so quickly i wouldn't call it fears because i'm open to everything that you know the industry has to offer but i know for a fact that some people you know they don't like where everything's going uh, they want to stay true to the sound that they that they describe as techno you know it's more bit in the lower end of the bpms of what we're seeing now um, the sounds are also much less influenced by the harder styles you know i i'm super happy with this change i i love all kinds of music and i'm super happy that i can play it all in one set now actually in the start of my career i always felt a bit limited to what was allowed to be played at a techno party especially in in berlin for example i remember being it was a very I don't want to use the word elitist, but they were very like picky on, on what you could play in a techno set. And so I wasn't always 100% playing what I felt like I want to play. But now I, I do. Like I have the best time now. So for me, there's no fear. I'm all for it. Only thing that's kind of bothering me is how social media is influencing uh, the whole thing. Because the DJs, of course, they want to post videos of their sets. And then they choose to to show the peak time, the peak moments of the set, and all of them sound very similar. So that's why it's creating a sort of tunnel vision for other producers to make this music, um, because they think that's what's, what the DJs are playing. But if I look at myself, like these big, big stompers, you know, big bangers, I play like four or five of these in every set, more if it's a longer set. Mm. But I, I'm very versatile, I like a lot of different styles, you know. But what you see online, you know, it's just a, mo a small moment of the set. But somehow the videos are, of course, always much more colorful or bigger. Everyone is like, wow! Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. not standing like that for four hours straight. But in, Exactly. And, and we think that this is what people want to see yeah. because this is what generates the most reactions and likes. But I know for a fact that some more melodic or deeper tracks that I play are the tracks that people are going to remember the most but it just doesn't work as well on camera yeah if somebody's just closing their eyes and in truly enjoying the moment doesn't look as cool as people <laughs> like taking their shirts off and, and and shouting you know yeah it's a totally different experience completely 
Yeah, and what as with anything on social media, it's the 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 pressure of like, wow, everyone is having so so big gigs and everyone is loving what they do, but there's not so many people showing up on my gigs or like people don't seem to go crazy on my. It's always in different ways on. I mean, yeah, people want to compare themselves all the time and this is the biggest flaw in social media like you should never be looking at what other people are doing but you know it's always there in your face and i think this is the biggest problem now that everybody wants to do what they think is gonna work or what they see working for other people and mm -hmm. then the identity of, of djs is becoming much more overlapped you know yeah um like the biggest tip I always try to give to young producers is don't try to make the next big thing that you've, that you've seen or heard from another guy. I mean, try to do your own thing because, you know, most of the times you're not going to be better at someone else's style. Mm. There are only a few examples that I can think of that somebody stole a certain sound and made it better, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes it can be difficult to, um, I don't produce music myself, but I, I think of like writing for mm -hmm. me, it's like... It's similar. Similar, because yeah, yeah. I have my favorite authors yeah, and yeah, I can yeah. like try to assemble and then it's like, ah, it's you know, I'm never gonna compete with that. But um, I'm just thinking, so how, or like, do you have, this is a very difficult question, but do you have any tip on how you can find that inner voice or like connect with that? You mean to find, find your own sound or something or, mm. um, for me personally, it helped a lot to discover other like music uh, genres. Like mm. I said, I started with punk rock and hip hop and everything. And I actually also try to make these these uh, these types of music during my my growth, and you learn a lot of different styles of of producing and and sound design by trying to make different music. If you're just gonna be making techno the whole time, maybe you're gonna get really good at making kicks, you know, because techno is all about the kick. But like when you try to make, let's say, hip hop, you're gonna learn how to make sure you're mixing the hooks very well into the track, you know? Sometimes a techno track has a crazy catchy hook, but it's just very badly mixed and then the power is lost, you know? Mm. Like I, I get a lot of demos where, you know, my, my, my feedback is always, I try to help them, you know? I don't just say, oh yeah, cool, you know, I'll play it. No, I just, I want to be honest with them. I will say, no, this is not for me. I, I tell them why. And I also tell them how they can, you know, make it more approachable um, for people who are not uh, necessarily looking for exactly this sound. For instance, I don't really play a lot of acid tracks. So if somebody sends me an acid banger, I'm going to tell them honestly, listen, this is not for me. Mm. But I, I still try to take the time to, to give feedback as a DJ, you know. Um, like for a tips for arrangement or mixing or whatever, because I spent the time already to listen to it anyway. It takes only like 10 seconds to, to put together my, my thoughts and, and to send it back. Yeah, that is so valuable. And yeah, 
and it doesn't really always help because of course it's just my opinion <laughs> true <laughs> they can like, confuse them but still yeah but it can help also. it's it's very it's very different now than let's say 10 years ago because a lot of these bandcamp producers they 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 they, they don't follow any of the rules that i know and still they they can make a hit you know it can sound horrible and still be a hit yeah like the the biggest example uh it's not recent memory but when i was starting out was i hate models mm. his first big track sounded horrible you could not play it it was so badly mixed <laughs> but that was part of the charm you know yeah um i asked him a few weeks ago when i saw him um why not make a like a better mix you know it's mm -hmm. like a very legendary track in my opinion and he was like no oh, that's how it is yeah and yeah you must respect that you know it's yeah. it makes so much sense in a way yeah oh thank you so much sam this was so lovely i do have a little this or that questions sure so then i will say two assumptions and you can say which one fits in the most on you or none or both but preferably it's one Okay, you only live once or rebirth? Rebirth. Rebirth? 100%, yeah. but as something else. Mm, yeah, like could it be an animal I or an I want to be alien? a cat or a dog or something. Yeah, yeah. you think? A, you, th you will be a cat or a dog. I want to be one. Ah, you want to be it one. Looks amazing. Yeah, which Depends one? on the owner, of course. But. <laughs> true. Maybe a wild cat would be cool. No. No, they, no, they die true. of starvation yeah. all the time. <laughs> right. Doesn't sound good Bad to me. Bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, okay vip lounge or first row raver at my current age yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go with no not vip no backstage no. backstage okay <laughs> so you get the space and yes. so but you can rave hard yeah still. Uh, okay anarchist or traditionalist i'm a traditionalist in a yeah. way yeah uh introvert or extrovert i'm Totally introvert. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There's no denying there. <laughs> uh, this one we also know, but many semi-close friends or one mega close? The mega close. You already know. <laughs> yes. Um, Netflix or YouTube? This is a good one because I was a big Netflix fan, but I don't really agree with how they're managing everything now. And I start, I did start getting into YouTube much more again. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much good content. It's it's a new television, you know. I grew up with television and I loved watching television, but now it's just not interesting for me anymore. But with YouTube, I mean, you choose what you want to see and there is really good stuff out there. Yeah. There is, yeah. It's true. I agree completely. High on life or whatever comes your way along the night? And then for sure high on life. Yeah. I don't really need much to have a good time. No. I was always the designated driver when I was growing up. So I never really learned how to drink at parties. I do I do enjoy a good drink, but mm. yeah. And as, a, as an introvert, some people can feel that, ah, if you're an introvert and you put in like all these extroverted um, rooms or like yeah. in these rooms, then it can be easy to just take alcohol or substances just to be able to feel normal you know i will say i've so, like in the past i thought you know if you arrive at a party it's good to have a shot to get in the mood but mm. this is such a 
bad habit. Like I don't, I, I, I'm really good at getting out bad habits all out of my life. I, I don't want any of those. So yeah, no. Oh yeah, you you work on yourself a lot. Yeah, I mean, I actually only started caring about my health a lot in my 30s. Like mm. in my 20s, I just did whatever. But since I since I was 30 or something, I started really appreciating the body as a temple kind of mm. vibe, you know. Uh, it's really not worth it to me to, to have fun for a couple of hours drinking and doing drugs yeah. and, and suffering the next day, you know. So for me... Plain and simple is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, daytime or nighttime rave? Nighttime rave. Yeah. All of, all, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've actually started saying to my agent, don't even bother with like early set times in, in daytime festivals. I just, I don't want to do it. Oh, yeah. And, unless it's a dark tent, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It you. just doesn't fit for my music. No. I, 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 can, I can't have a good time. And okay, maybe the people are having a good time, but it's also about me, you know. I I want to love what I do. And you are the one creating the energy. It, to to okay, the people do of course as well, but it just comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like people they know if the DJ is just there because it's a job, mm. they know. Yeah. I think they do. I think so too, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So I want to be having a good time as well, just as them. Mm. to really connect with them yeah, yeah. Um, okay Bahamas or New York New York New York you're a, a big city person I'm a vegan <laughs> <laughs> and I mean I haven't been to Bahamas I'm sure they have they do have some vegan food but yeah New York is just the vegan mecca so I didn't know it is yeah it's one of the really good places that you can just find a good vegan dish everywhere yeah, yeah? what do you feel then about Berlin it's, it's also good, you know, mm. there's a lot of vegan options, but the food in general is just terrible, in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry, the Ger Germans <laughs> don't, don't know how to cook. I actually always go to Asian places in, uh, yeah. in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the safest. There's, there's a lot of Asian. Crazy good ones also, yeah. like Vietnamese, mm. Thai. Yeah, Yeah, completely. Okay, uh, married at first sight or breaking bad? Okay, I don't watch reality. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I do sometimes when I just want to chill with uh, with the wife. Yeah. <laughs> I know all the Kardashians and their secrets. Oh, you do? Yes. <laughs> so for me, yeah, Breaking Bad, I love a good series that keeps going and has a good story. And if it would be the Kardashians or Breaking Bad, it's still Breaking Bad? I somehow do enjoy the Kardashians because of what they achieved in a way. Like, they, they were nobodies, basically. they She was the assistant of Paris or something and, oh yeah and she did work her ass off to become where she is now you know she's a power woman and she's regardless of what people think she's self-made you know of course she did have the family behind her you know mm. she's not coming from nothing but I don't think you should be only self-made if you know if you were poor that's it, that's bullshit yeah I, I was very yeah. I was very what's the word um like I, I don't come from a poor family, but I also everything I, I've achieved, I've, I've done so myself, mm. and I don't want to say I'm self-made. That's, I mean, doesn't really, I don't really care for this kind of titles, but mm. it would be bullshit to say that I, I, I'm not, you know. That you've got everything served for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If, if you didn't have people holding your hand all the way, mm. you're basically self-made. You know, you made your own decisions, you took the risks with everything that comes with it. That's being self-made, yeah. 
Yeah, it's so much things to face that is just like you cannot just expect people to to. There's so many layers to it all the time. You know what? Normal people who have normal lives they feel like if you come from money or if you didn't have it too bad, you know, that money can always save you. But honestly, it's not true. No. I mean, of course, money's nice to have, and once you do have it, your vision changes on the world entirely for sure. But it doesn't change the fact that you can still achieve things, you know. Even if you did have some, like money is not the thing that keeps normal people from achieving things, you know. Mm. It's it's having the right ideas and and yeah, I don't want to say taking risks because taking a risk when you do have money is not as high stake as. But passion also. Yeah, and I like... mean passion is easier to come for people who don't have money. I would say. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I never thought about that. I I don't really know exactly why I'm saying that, but it feels mm. to me like you, you don't. You yeah, I can. It's it's like the blues, you know. Mm. You have to suffer to be able to make blues. Yeah. So in a way, the 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 things you go through as as a normal person with with daily life and all all the problems that comes with it, you know, it can give you more passion and emotional intelligence yeah okay last one uh, kids or animals Oof. <laughs> it's always animals until i think you have a kid and then it's your world yeah, yeah i guess i guess i don't think anybody can say kids until they really know what it is to have a kid yeah some people are really like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Some people already know I want to be a mother. Exactly, 100%. they're like, that's my life. But goal. those are the kind of people who will have pets. <laughs> true. Because they want to nurse. Yeah, uh, take care. And, take care and love. Yeah, it's true. So Thank I, you yeah. so much, Sam. This was You're lovely. You're welcome. This was it for Playful Podcast this week. But please follow, subscribe and listen to our next episode. And if you want to have a say about future artists or even ask your own question to one of our guests, follow us on Instagram and make sure to add your question when we lift our coming guests. Thank you so much for joining and see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.